Welcome to episode 174 of Coffee Pods and Was, the final episode of 2021. As always, this episode is sponsored by Rain Body Fuel, the ultimate fitness focus drink to support your performance. And the Hybrid Academy are also long-term sponsors. You can go to the hybridacademy.store and use pod10 for a discount there. Um, I think I saw on their Instagram the other day that the hoodies are going to be making a comeback, which is great to see. The show is also sponsored by Bird Box Coach Development. This is an online and in-person seminar course, which is CrossFit Preferred and is aimed at improving coaches by examining the psychological side of coaching um, and making you question how and why you coach the way that you do and what you could do better. You can use the code PODS for a discount on burboxcoachingdevelopment.com. The show is also sponsored by RPM Training. You can go to rpmtraining.com now and get a free three-month membership to their digital training program, Atom. It's coached and delivered by Pat Barber with full video sessions taking you through from warm-up to cool-down. Um, you can join athletes like Noah Olson on the global leaderboard um, and never train alone again. They also have full equipment packages that the programming you select is reflected in. So if you go for the package with a pull-up bar, you'll have pull-ups. If you don't, you won't. Um, you can go to rpmtraining.com to find out more. Uh, today is a review of the year 2021 with Bill Grunder and Chase Ingram. Uh, we chat about everything from the Open in February and the changes in the season, semi-finals and the games, uh, competition in the off-season and possible changes that might be coming down the track. And we pick our moments of the off-season as well as making some predictions for 2022. Happy New Year. Enjoy, listen, share and tag. Thanks for doing this first of all. Oh yeah, um, new tradition. There's two years in I a row making it. a tradition. Hell yeah. Do you know what's so funny, right? Do you know how fucking predictable I am? I was like going through, I like to be ahead of myself. So I was going through you guys' Instagram earlier on. And I was like, oh, I must get a picture uh, ready so that I have something ready for when the episode <laughs> comes out, right? And there's a picture of you two and Sean at the games last mm. year. And I was like, no joke. Do you know what would be fucking hilarious? If I Photoshop my own face <laughs> onto Sean Woodland's face and then I went back. I fucking did it. Yeah. <laughs> so like I haven't matured at all in the year that went by. Um, but yeah, I went on to check. So who was it? Uh, this is great podcasting. Uh, John Urschel hmm. commented another great episode. Y'all should do this every hey. year. Well, John. Here we Cheers. are. I like it, John. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great to have you back. And I feel like last year we had a lot of like shit things to talk about. Like there was a lot of like, oh, that was cancelled and oh, wasn't that terrible that that happened and all the rest. Um, so like 2020 was ravaged by COVID. Thankfully, it's been nowhere to be seen in 2021. As soon as the ball dropped on January 1st, it disappeared <laughs> and there had oh no wait no I remember. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm like um, yeah. well I live in California I don't know what you guys are talking about <laughs> well in California it's, it's it's more in California that's just the science everyone just breathes out COVID in California it's a weird thing <laughs> like every it's like carbon mono, carbon you know dioxide is COVID you didn't know that you just breathe it all out on everybody it's weird <laughs> yeah I saw can, uh, Canadians are suffering a bit I think their gyms are closed yeah again. I just talked yeah. to like, Paul Tremblay and he said they're, they're under restrictions again it's oh shit it's shit yeah I think uh, like ours are I don't know how we're avoiding it because it seems like I'm a teacher and we were in school today there was like half the kids weren't there and we, like we were all just like are we going to be here in January, like after Christmas? Are we going to be working from home? Like we don't know what's going to happen, but like at the minute, 
it's kind of all right. Like, okay, there's there's more restrictions on like hospitality and stuff, nah. but like schools are okay, gyms are okay. They just have to ask for COVID certs and stuff. I think or vaccination certs or whatever. Um, but yeah, no. So it's that aspect is still shit. Um, <laughs> one of the first things that was announced, uh, I guess, for the the twenty. 21 season was the three week open and it was like when that came out first it was like to counteract like the that some gyms might be closed mm. and the pressure that might be put on like gyms that are trying to house like all this like you know stuff going on for five weeks or whatever like it's just easier to have for three weeks um and a, a lot of people are doing it from home i like i felt like maybe it's because i wanted it so badly maybe it's because i was so like oh thank god like the open is happening and some there's some <laughs> semblance of normality or whatever but i found it was like it was quite accessible it was quite engaging there seemed to be a lot of like i don't know like a lot more of a fuss made about it or something um this year than other years and i was curious like what what your thoughts uh i suppose we'll start with you chase like what your thoughts of it were and then Again, probably the earliest announcement we've ever had from CrossFit was announced that it's going to be three weeks yes. again. So I suppose, like, are you hap- happy with that, or, w- or would you rather have seen a return to? Four? I absolutely love the three week open as an athlete and more so as an affiliate owner. I think that's the best move they've ever done, coupled with the fact that they added the quarterfinals. And I think if they didn't have that um, step in there, I think it would be too short for a legitimate test to say, do it to mm-hmm. the old regional style or what they're the semifinals now. But I love the three week open. Absolutely loved it. I, I have no issues with that. I hope it stays like that forever. And uh, yeah, I, and the fact that they said it's going to happen again, I'm even more excited for next year. So I absolutely loved it. I think Bill, like it's fair to say that like in previous years speaking from someone who's like i'm not like at the upper echelons like say even in my own gym so it kind of gets to a point where you're really amped up like before it starts you're like this is my year like i'm gonna and then by the end by the time two weeks are gone by you're like when is this over like what's how long <laughs> yeah i was gonna say for the masses i think everyone did a three-week open anyway yeah you look at everyone and like oh well i have you know i gotta travel here i was sick this week oh, i can't do that movement and I mean, you look at the attrition rate of of the the masses. I mean, I'm not, we're not talking like the the people that are trying to qualify to the games in the semifinals or whatever. I mean, they're in it for the long haul anyway, so they don't they take them out. But if you look at a community based activity, it's the perfect amount because you can hype it up enough to where everyone can jump in. They have all the nerves of the first week, and they're like, okay, that wasn't that bad. I'm, I can't wait to do the next one, the third week. Okay, here's the final end. And so you never really have a, sh- a chance to drop the, I mean, for lack of a better word, we're talking CrossFit, intensity. You know, the, the, the normal workout is three on, one off. So three weeks on, and then take the rest of the year off. And then you're good for the next, you're good for the next year. So I, I really honestly think that, like, uh, for the, for the, the general community person, it was, the best movement they could have done across it could have done. And then I agree with Chase, like having the quarterfinal step to where it gives something, a, a, a place for people to step into, to continue and like to, to stay fired up. You get that break, but it's like, Oh, did I make the top 10%? Oh, sweet. I get one, I get one more, I get one more mm-hmm. shot. This will be fun. I can do this many workouts as long as it's not, 10 gazillion GHDs and pistols. And <laughs> other than that, I'm good. <laughs> but I, I think that, that that was a brilliant choice. I, um, 
it was it was totally fine. I mean, I think CrossFitters are kind of a glutton for punishment, so the that's why we stayed with the five weeks because we just always had that. Um, but the three is perfect. It's great. Thank God. I think as well, the the good thing about quarterfinals as well is that it gives it's it gives that moment of. Uh, fuck I'm an athlete <laughs> to people who otherwise like would never experience it like you know like it's the I'm thinking back to people you know like I've talked to people before and I've been like oh you were at regionals and they were like yeah but that was like you just had to fucking turn up and <laughs> yeah. just, you know like yeah. it, it's kind of gives it's like a renewal of that where it's like you know oh like I'm I'm pretty good like I'm not like regionals but like this is nice for me to have my taste and I'm, I think one thing I'm really looking forward to is if I assume this is going to stay for a while but like when gyms are back to full capacity and you can have the whole gym there cheering on even if it's one person like it really will give like a, a, a different kind of angle to the person that's participating and to the people who are watching and maybe get more people involved the next year I think, call, uh, how long have we been calling these guys athletes you know what I mean uh, like we call everybody in the gym that's something that CrossFit has always had yeah and I, I know there have been a lot of people that have been kind of anti-CrossFit like you're not an athlete that person's not an athlete. And it's like, I mean, that's what we call them. But you're right, Pete. It's like that. this gives them the chance to be an athlete. Now, mm-hmm. they're an athlete of, of some level, you know, compared to the rest of the fields. I think it's cool. I think, um, mm-hmm. like, I, any email I address to my gym, I say, dear athletes. Just because they are. I mean, like, you guys are doing something that most people don't do. This is recreational in a sense. But, like, that's how I treat you guys. And and I and that's come mm-hmm. from a, a level of respect, but I think the quarterfinals better programmed would be the best thing to happen t- for better affiliates. Better, yes, <laughs> like better programmed, better programmed. <laughs> In case anybody didn't say that or hear that, the quarterfinals with better programming will be some of the coolest things for the gym, even more so than the open, right? Because totally, we we noticed that a little bit last year. But the hard part about the open during the regional years is that it got really cutthroat. Like you're like, fuck mm. that gym and they're cheating. And they usually were, even though they probably weren't, but like, that's just how <laughs> it, it became very tribal, um, all the way up to 2018. And then last year, the quarterfinals, even though it was still so new and fresh and gyms were still trying to get back in, like we had a really cool vibe in the gym for the, you know, we had 13 people qualify and it was like back to doing the workouts together and we had heats and like people wanted to come watch and cheer us on. And people thought that was really fun. I was like, man, this is, this is actually really cool for the affiliates because in the open, it makes it fun because the top 10%, there's really no need to be like, Oh, they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. I was like, it's quarterfinals, bro. Like (laughs) it's, it's okay. They're taking 10,000 people. If you got 10,000 and one, that guy doing you know, half wall ball shots wasn't the reason you didn't make it. <laughs> I mean, it was, but <laughs> you also have bigger problems than his wall ball shots. And it just made it really fun for the affiliate in general. So I'm really looking forward to this next year and to see if it takes uh, another step forward. Uh, is your issue with the the programming then for quarterfinals, say like the, I know like say my coach in our gym, I was like, holy shit, like, you know, three or four of you made quarterfinals. That's amazing. And he was like, yeah, I don't know what, like to say there's a couple of like fairly decent athletes in there. And he was like, oh, he's hasn't done GHDs. Like wh- when would we have time to wheel <laughs> out the two GHDs? And do, right. is that the issue that you have? Totally. The, yeah, totally. And, well, honestly, like that volume for anyone, it, I mean, we said on our, we said this before, it's like it was 180 GHDs. They've never programmed that mm. many in the history of CrossFit, <clears throat> in the history so, of so, CrossFit. So let the average 
quote unquote brand new athlete yeah. take the largest chunk of GHD, you know, sit ups of, of all time and give that to them. On top of the fact that most gyms only have like like you said two GHD, two, right. so it's mm. like okay, so we got a twenty minute workout and we're gonna be out here running. 19 heats for the you know the 20 people or whatever that we have yeah. and couple that were just coming off of covid and people have been locked down yeah. like you have the most i would say the most inspired demographic of deconditioned athletes ever assembled in the history of crossfit and you're going to give them something like 180 ghd sit-ups which they have never trained prior to that they definitely haven't been training it during covid and now you have to force them to do it in a competition that may be their first one ever, so they're all going to be a bit gung-ho about it. I know it's still dependent on – or it's it falls on the athlete's shoulder to self-preserve. Um, but <laughs> oh, but there's, there, there is no – like there is no self-preservation with GHDs. <laughs> like there's no – there's no – like I've done them. Like I uh, shouldn't be doing them. I can barely do a fucking sit-up. But like I've done them where I can't remember what we were doing. Uh, there was open gym anyway and there was, there was a GHD upstairs and I was like, oh, like I haven't uh, I haven't really done that before. Like I'll, I, it, I think it was like 20 sit-ups and I was like, fuck it, I'll do GHDs. And then I was talking to my coach afterwards and I was like, oh, I did GHDs and that. And he was like, man, that was, that was fucking like, what was it, 12 rounds on no, that? Oh, and no. I was like, I was like, <laughs> I was, I was wow. like yeah, it was, I was like, it was small sets. Mm. And he was like, a lot of small sets. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, no, I'm fine. Like, I feel totally fine. He's like, okay, I couldn't warm up for like nine oh, days. Like God. I couldn't, the next day I couldn't get out of bed the next day. It's just like, I didn't have, there was no like permanent damage or anything. But like, as in I was, every 20 minutes checking for abs because I was like, there has to be, like there has to be something yeah. there the way I'm feeling. So yeah, no, it is, it's a difficult one to legislate for. I, um, I, I really, I really think that like being that it was the first shot, they, uh, CrossFit HQ and, and, and this is not, whoever was doing the programming for that, for those events as you, as they kind of worked their way through, it seemed like since it was a brand new segment, we weren't really sure what it was supposed to look like, how hard it was mm. supposed to be. I mean, like okay. our, our our history has been, fuck it, we're gonna go big, we're gonna go heavy, we're gonna go like <laughs> like it's like what well, Murph, Fucking hey, cross it, everybody bro. do Murph, we're gonna, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, like that's kind of how we have done things. So, I think our default, especially older CrossFitters, ones that have been around a while, that's where we kind of naturally go. So, uh, like mm. when those came out. It wasn't like, a, all right, this is going to be a tough one. It was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Like, what is that? You know, I mean, like, it went from, I, and this isn't taking anything away from what the quarterfinals was because the fact that it was there and the way, you know, you have everybody doing your open and then all of a sudden now you whittle it down to the, the 40 or 50 that are doing your open to five to 10. And now your whole gym gets to rally around those people, which is awesome. That whole setup is great. The fact that we have, you know, 10% of all the people being able to feel like they have another step and another another shot at doing something in this thing that we call CrossFit is great. And then all of a sudden you slam them up against the wall with that many GHD sit-ups. And it was like, man, really? Like, okay, why not a whole bunch of, like, thrusters or something? Yeah. I mean, I know, you know, you're like, there, it there's – the balloon. You know, like, yeah, like, they blew yeah, it. we made I it. Mean, they're like, go. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, it's it's I, I, I will. 
as bad as that was, and as much shit as we talked about it, because we did talk a lot of shit about it. Yeah, um, I'm surprised. Because I, I think it was just so trouble. shocking. <laughs> I know. I I think it was it was the fact that it was so shocking. Um, I can at least still lean towards the side of, okay, that was the first time. We know we're not going to do something stupid like that again, right? Mm. We're not going to do something dumb right. like that again, right? Right, guys. Right? Okay. <laughs> um, and then still be able to shuffle it out to where we get the right people going to the semifinals. Um, it, it does still need to be difficult. It needs to be more difficult, just not like that. Like that, that <laughs> there, there, was some, there was something that was missed on that one. That's all, you know? Oh. Yeah, it's as if like they had a meeting and they were like, okay, so then after the Open, we'll step things up a little bit for quarterfinals. And then like after quarterfinals, they had another meeting and they were like, well, you said to step things up. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but fucking yeah, hell. It's like, like <laughs> all right, then we're going to reel it back for the virtual semifinals. And then yeah. bring it back to the CrossFit Games. Yeah, yeah. Um, so speaking of semifinals, uh, we had so Torian and Mac kick things off. We had Granite and Cape Town and the, the online raft then of Brazil and Atlas and Lowlands and Asia and Germany and then West Coast Classic rounding things off nicely. Um, all like very different. Yes, like all drastically different from each other. Um, Torian had that like regionals like you know it just seemed like that kind of event and I think West Coast Classic had that as well like probably aided by the fact that it was an arena like indoor mm -hmm. kind of thing and then Granite to me like reminded me of the the uh, outdoor events at the games you know like on the field and that kind of thing um, they obviously had to battle against like heat and stuff which as is well. wild and In then the, the the online events i guess their hands were tied like what could they do they just like made the most of the the hand they were dealt i guess um and then uh i suppose i was curious i suppose it's, it's kind of difficult to judge them off each other when they were all so different like it's hard to say like oh which was your favorite event because it's kind of like well fuck how do you compare like <laughs> granite which is an outdoor event to like Torian, which is like an old school regionals event. Like, do you know, is there, do you think that maybe there might be more of an input say next year or, or would you like to see more of an input? Maybe we leave the programming aside, but even just like on what kind of event an athlete could expect to turning up that there would just be a level playing field mm. and like they'll all be indoor or they'll all have like this many events or whatever. Uh, me personally, I, I have said this, time and time again that I, I don't I don't think that it is I'm not saying that what the events did was bad in fact there were a lot of really cool uh, events within those uh, mm. uh, competitions that were happening so I, you know the a lot of the programming was was cool it was fun to see some of the the interesting stuff that people were doing but if you're qualifying people to get to a certain level you can't have different qualification spots where they're they eventually end up testing different things because then you aren't getting the same field, which is supposed to be the overall fittest field at the CrossFit Games. Because if you would have taken any of the athletes that didn't make it, let's say they were just outside the bubble, and you flip-flop them to another competition, they may or may not have been able to make it to the Games because it was at this particular event or this style of event or whatever. I, I you know, we, we talk about a lot on our show about the the benefits of having standardized programming if you are trying to qualify. 
not the fact of having an event. You know, we just we just did our show on the Dubai Invitational, or you know, we've done our, our our stuff on the Rogue Invitational. And it's like, okay, what's the what's the purpose of that event? The purpose of that event is to put on a great show, have some great competition, but the it's not the end goal isn't to find the fittest on earth. It's to yeah. showcase fitness or, you know, whatever the the that the mission statement of that particular competition is. But these other ones, their goal is to qualify someone to the games. So like to me it's like how can you not have it standardized? Mm. And I, I I think that I I hope that um personally that these events and that CrossFit HQ does work towards that. Even if it's like, I mean, even if they need to take an intermediate step and say, okay, of your six events, three of them have to be this. The other ones, here are the parameters. Yeah. I mean, I know they kind of sort of loosely said they hear some parameters, but not really. Yeah. I mean, there's just too many <clears throat> different things to throw out there, I think. So I, I, <laughs> I don't see how you can not have it standardized. It just doesn't make sense to me. It was, I always wrestle with the fan of CrossFit and then like Bill says the purist or yeah. another, <laughs> another for uh, another word is like snobby or part of grouchy, grouchy old man, <laughs> grouchy old park, man, park snobby bench. CrossFit <laughs> games guy. And damn kids um, get off my lawn. Damn kids. The, the fun part about the games season, when you're trying to find the fittest on earth, starting in the open quarterfinals, semifinals, CrossFit games is that in the past, it used to be this like linear path, right? And it all tied in together with Dave programmed in the open, tied into what he programmed at regionals and then finished what he did at the games. And I understand as fans that would get bored by the fourth week of regionals, seeing the same competition floor and same events with new names, but really unless like there was a Matt Fraser, Rich Froning, Tia Toomey, and you know, all your little all-stars competing, you really wasn't a big draw come the second or third weekend. So I, I understand that as a fan perspective. I do like having standardized programming, just seeing the test unfold and knowing that these 40 that arrived here arrived here the same way in the same path in, you know, from different continents and areas of the world, which is the fun part. But, um, I get the wrestle between the two and I feel like it's, it's always a tough question to, to answer, but I like seeing, you know, I love Torian's setup. Like that looks like one of the cooler venues I've ever seen for an event, that tennis stadium, that like first class. I mean, that thing's almost brand new. If I'm not mistaken, at least a couple years. Um, mm. the, you know, the venue in Minneapolis that was in the Vikings training p- facility, that was super cool. What they did at the Mac, that was, I mean, there were some really cool venues out there with different floor plans and everything, but, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough to go back and forth on if I, if I stick to my roots and what I like for the game season and the purpose of it, I do like some standardization, at least competition floors, fields. If they want to go 50-50 on the events, which I think may actually be in the works um, after talking to Dave a little bit, I wouldn't hate that. At least there's some relation between the events. But I thought it was an okay. You should have said nothing there about talking to Dave and just playing that as like, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised (laughs) if I had to put money on it. If I was in charge, what I'd think of doing that. That's always a good one. If I were in charge, they always, they love hearing that. (laughs) Um, So the the last chance qualifiers then, um, I think, uh, I think, Maybe I'm misremembering, but I, that was meant to be like an all-in event. 
like if everything was equal, it was just going to be like an in-person, like yes. literally last chance saloon. And then obviously COVID fucked that because it kind of quickly became apparent that like, how are we going to get like four people from Europe <laughs> right. and three people from whatever? Um, but I think that in future years will be a holy fuck like weekend eventually, you know, like maybe not this year if things uh, right in 2022, if things continue to go the way they're going, but like, hopefully at some point we'll have this thing of like, you know, I'm picturing like Vegas and like everyone like, you know, diversion on one place and just this like, you know, the tension, like we'll get on to talking about the off season events later on, but like say the, the Dubai uh, lift event where it was like, you miss these two lifts, you're disqualified. Yeah, and it's right. kind of like when you have, when you have that tension for a whole weekend of like, this is your last fucking chance to get to the games. And you imagine how much like people like, how much they tried say to, to stamp their ticket when they were on their own in their gym and it's that kind of weird atmosphere imagine they're doing it like fighting for places looking across the floor seeing that someone's a step ahead of you imagine how much that tension would ramp up with a crowd imagine how much it would like just the goosebumps you can feel it already of what it could be like so i suppose like i'm that's probably one of the events that i'm most excited about for future years is this like oh fuck like look at this list of names it's like a who's who of should be at the games going to this last chance event like that that to me anyway is one of the most exciting things about the new season it would be can you imagine how gritty that would be gritty it would be Mm. like it would be like taking all the uh b-league hockey players that want to make that you know want to make that 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 a shot it's like all right guys you have one weekend and it's (laughs) it would be like all right, who's going to take out whose knees and who, who's got the knives and who's got everything else? Because it's going to be that down and dirty just to get in there. You know, I mean, it would. I, I agree. It would be super exciting to see what that what that would look like um, as a true last chance. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what's weird is how I don't I don't know even where my purest old man stance would be of what would the qualifier for that even look like? Should that programming be the same because everyone just did it? Um, or would it be something else oh, like your B test? You know what I mean? Like if, if everyone, if all of the normal uh, semifinal events were standardized programming and then you have this one, if it's the last chance, do you just redo it all over again? Or do you have them do some other weird version of those events so you kind of get the same stimulus kind of hit the same things but um i don't know it would be i just think you're right man it would be gritty to see these guys battle even more than so like a regular yeah, semi you'd, ha- you'd have to have it if you did say oh it's going to be the same you'd have to tell them on the day because you can imagine people crying foul at someone who made the last chance qualifier from semi-final weekend one versus someone who made the made the qualifiers from the last weekend and thinking well hang on they've had five weeks to get ready for this same event like yeah it would be if it it ever became an in-person event i think it would be one of the more exciting competitions you could go to more more than totally and more than any regional event Mm. um i just i don't i honestly don't ever see it being in person i think it'd be it's like you said it's like okay it's really hard to make a fair last chance qualifier when you have such a widespread weekend of semifinals. Mm-hmm. Just like it's like, okay, yeah. week one has got to rest for four weeks before the last chance, whereas week four, they competed last weekend. 
it would yeah. be, I think logistically it's tough, but hmm. I hope, <laughs> I hope it happens because that, that event would be, uh, it'd be one of those like, uh, Bill, I, would you rather broadcast the games? Would you rather? <laughs> like you can only choose one, the last chance qualifier or the CrossFit games. Which do you think would be more fun? Uh, uh, on a professional level, I'd rather do the games, obviously. But on like a, oh, man, let's just fight club this one out. Yeah, yeah I just said more fun. Good- <laughs> what do you think yeah, would be totally. more fun? More fun, yeah, probably probably that one. Just because you know people. The, the interesting thing about that is the reason they haven't qualified to the games is because they are a specialist in something and they have a hole in something else, which mm-hmm. means when their their event comes up, they will sell out. They will be all in, and then on the ones where they aren't that good, they will literally break their legs to do whatever they can. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whereas, like, you're not going to have that that level of um, self-protection, I guess, necessarily. For some of the athletes that are more well-rounded, they can maneuver themselves through that. I mean, still pushing it. I'm not saying that those guys don't work hard and all that kind of stuff, but they won't cut their arm off to lighten the load so they can do more muscle-ups or something like that. You know what I mean? But a lot of people as well, though, like making it to the games is the pinnacle of their career. And they know that in all likelihood, that's the that's the the the, the point that they get totally, to. That's, that's their, their games. Yeah, that's their Everest. Yeah. So like when they get to the games, are they going to die for moving from 17th to 16th exactly. versus are they going are they willing to chuck themselves like across the finish line to get to the games probably are they willing to do the same for 17th to 16th do you remember mm, the maybe not the people that they would they would do every it was a big deal back in the day to call themselves oh i'm a regional athlete and for, <laughs> and like they were they were athletes athletes there were people that were wandering around that were like beating their chest use i mean that like that was i'm surprised they didn't make t-shirts for themselves look at me i'm a regional athlete you know and <laughs> And I think for a lot of the people that want to make it to the games, they aren't they aren't going to the games to try to win the games. They're going to the games. I just want to make it to the CrossFit Games. I want to be a games athlete because then I forever I can say I am a games athlete. I'm an Olympian. I'm a whatever. I'm a this that. Not a I'm the best in the world. I just want to get there. So yeah, mm. they're not going to cut their legs off for the 16th and 17th, but they will to be whatever fourth or fifth to try to make it. That's that's why I think it'd be more fun. And the other thing is like you have a group, like say it's 20 athletes. I don't know how many qualify, but say it's 20. There are 20 of all pretty much the same athlete. The the parity between Mm. the skill sets is so even keeled because you took out all the good ones or or the elite ones. And now these are right on that tier where they barely made it. And now the whole point of the last chance qualifier is exactly what you guys are talking about. They want nothing more in their life to be a games athlete. Whereas if they're at the games, they made it there and they know they're not getting fucking first. Right. (laughs) Especially on the women's side, like, you know, and so when you're watching the games, like, Hey, this is fun to watch the elite compete, but T is walking away with it by the third event or rich or Matt is walking away with it by halfway through the competition. So the excitement isn't the same. I think a last chance qualifier like that would be the most exciting live event you could watch. So yeah, I'm with you. But even if you think of like, say someone fucks up at semifinals or like someone's under the Mm. weather or some, like one of the big names and then they have to sell their fucking soul because there's people out there willing to die to make it. And they're like, Oh shit, we're, so we're taking this really (laughs) fucking seriously then. Well, and then, I mean, just the name of it, last chance, it's your last, 
It's your last chance. <laughs> you know, I, if you, everyone else is going like, what are you doing? I'm going to semifinals. That's it. I'm just going to go yep. to the semifinals. Well, yeah, what's yeah. that? Well, yeah, you, you use this to qualify to the games. Oh, you didn't make it. Now what? I have to do the last chance. <laughs> I have no other option. You know, it's like their whole <laughs> identity as an athlete now comes down to that one weekend. There's a lot of pressure on that, man. Uh, in, a, in a situation for athletes that will never have that kind of pressure or won't or, or, or maybe have never had that kind of pressure where it's a man. OK, you're going to play this poker hand and you are all in. You don't have a choice. You're all mm. in or you're all out. Last chance. Mm. I mean, that's that's a that's a very fun we'll idea, man. Like, we'll oh. see. And they need to have it in a dark, dirty gym where it's just like smoky and blood on the ground. And, oh, <laughs> I'm, th- I'm just thinking. I'm, I'm thinking Fight Club right now. Like, put cardboard on the ground. Hey, yeah. Corey, uh, in use. It's, it's your first time <laughs> Not here. It's like there's so much <laughs> dust in the air. I can't breathe. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so the bringing us on to the games, then I suppose it was the just the season of change. I guess we had like it was it was Rose's first like proper games. I suppose of mm. his era, and we had Noble taking over the um, headline sponsorship, and then we had like you know like this, this, these. It kind of opened up the door for these really cool things. Like as a fan to start watching, where like. Oh shit! Like if a guy's wearing nanos and he crosses yeah. the finish line first, he's got a whole chunk of change. Like it kind of changed the game a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Where in previous years it was like, I guess you mentioned it there, Chase, where it's kind of locked in that like, oh, is is Fraser going? Okay, who's coming second? And then it was like, oh, T is going. Who's coming second? Whereas, like I felt from a fan this year that it was it kind of hit different because it was like, especially on the guy side, where it was like. Oh shit! Okay, <laughs> yeah. like you know, uh, oh Branson first, and it was like oh Patson, like it was kind of chopping and changing, and it really did come down to the last mm-hmm. event for all intents and purposes. And then on the female side, you had like Laura really stamping her uh, her place in like relevant conversations where she's probably deserved to be all along, but was just left out of like well, probably just because she's European. Um, <laughs> But then uh, on the on the teams, then you had like I'm still waiting to see just uh, what amount of money was sent from Reebok to Mayhem for like all the event wins. Um, I was curious though. Obviously, like you, you know, you're you're uh, uh, gainfully employed for 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 Games Week and stuff. But um, as objectively as you can, I guess, how did this year compare? Obviously, we can't compare to last year because I mean that's like comparing apples and fucking swine <laughs> apples but like h- how did it compare to you for you guys say uh, as guys who've been involved with or have watched the games for like you know eons like how did it compare this year compared to those years uh it, well it was good to be back i think the vibe was there's a lot of appreciation and excitement to be back in madison because of what happened last year and even the year before when mm. everything was all blown to hell in 2019 because of the you know the new changes with the season and the competition was cool it was really funny because you know like reebok did or um, not reebok sorry <laughs> noble <laughs> they took over and you know they put their stamp on the competition the way they you know the athlete check-in was probably the coolest check-in i've seen second to rogue i think rogue I, is <laughs> i have to say one of the cleverest things I've seen was them just bringing in loud and live and saying, you guys are in charge yeah. of this because you know what your athletes 
would like and that is probably what other athletes would like and just from seeing people's stories and stuff similar to the invitational mm. the rogue invitation later on that we'll talk about but like when you see that happening you're like well about yeah. fucking time they're getting some serious red yeah, carpet and that's here. and that's what you want like that's in i feel like that the athletes deserve that is like you're at the cross the games you paid your way to be here by the way and you've trained mm. all year to get here it's like roll out the red carpet and the the check-in was super cool the banners the signage you know noble did a great job especially with like the little amount of time that they had and then mm. i i thought it was hilarious that Reebok went total nike in like bill what year did nike try to get in the games <laughs> they got banned and they had all those um, truck signs that says don't ban our shoe beat our shoe oh yeah what, totally. what year that was, was that 16 2016 maybe 15 i think it was earlier than that but earlier than that yeah i think it was early maybe oh that was when 14? they made the de- that was when they yeah because that's when they said uh if you wear any other shoe, other like you aren't allowed to wear yeah. your Adidas lifters or any, it's only Reebok. You can wear them if you had a Nike tape came them or in. something. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like Reebok went total Nike because they're like at the last minute, like if you win in our shoes, we'll pay you money. And I was like, oh, Reebok getting all edgy now that they're not <laughs> a CrossFit Games sponsor. As well, as well though, fair play to Noble for being like. Yeah, don't give a shit. They can yeah. wear whatever they want. I thought that was baller. Yeah, that was as well, pretty like. cool. So, like that was that was really fun. Obviously, Annie coming now, back. I will say, I don't know if that's how the conversation went down. There could have been like <laughs> countless like litigious conversations. And I'm just saying, like, yeah, they were cool with it. They just yeah, said it's fine. I think uh, <laughs> on the surface it was that, but behind the scenes there's uh, a bit more yeah, tension. Yeah. But I thought it was great. It was great to be back. It was cool, cool to see everybody again. Um, a super fun year in a really different way. Obviously, the men's side was different. Um, the energy was different there because Matt is uh, had retired from competition. Tia going for a fifth was sweet, but I thought the whole Annie w- story mm. was like the biggest story of the weekend that everyone latched onto. And unfortunately for Laura, is that she got caught right in the middle of that legit, uh, like yeah. <laughs> literally getting second. Um, you know, Tia's going for five. She got her fifth. Annie's trying to make the podium after you know having her baby girl. So. I thought it was a, it was a it was a great year. Um, still, you know, the 2018 documentary just came out recently and just reminded me how amazing that was. It's still probably my favorite year, but it was good to be back. Yeah, I, I like. Yeah, it it is interesting, and it's something that's come up since that. Uh, I know Annie's European as well, but like, I suppose she's been around so long that she's kind of such a household name everywhere that she's like as good as American when it comes to CrossFit kind of because she's just been around for so long um but it is it has spawned a lot of conversations I think where it's like is it is it equi shared like the 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 coverage and the conversations and stuff and I think like there are things that are happening which I think are great um like I've noticed Morning Chalk Up are doing uh is it like Patrick that works for them? Mm-hmm. Is, he did loads of in, uh, interviews at uh, Rogue with like European athletes and there was a European focus on that. And that kind of stuff is great to see like because, and I know it's it's probably, we're at a disadvantage because if you look at the heat map, like the population map, the US is pretty fucking red <laughs> compared to like France. You know, like there's a big, like the, the majority of the CrossFit population is US based. Like, so I, I do understand that, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful for a more level uh, playing field when it comes to conversations. Um, and as well, I think the adaptive, the inclusion of the adaptive community at the games this year um, was major. And like, 
it's great. It's it was so good that it was like, oh yeah, you guys are included, and then they were like, cool, we're included. Let's have so many fucking moments <laughs> that are like incredible yeah. to watch that people are just like, how the fuck has this not been happening for years? Because like. <laughs> Jesus, they really fucking showed off. Like, the amount of... Like, every week, I feel like I'm seeing a reel or a video from it just being like, holy fuck, that's superhuman, like, over and over again. So, yeah, they, that was amazing. Um, and then I felt as well, like, the Masters, like, the age groups, there was a lot more of a spotlight, probably because of, like, Hobart was doing it, and, you know, like, a few other people like that were kind of uh, returning, which kind of made it, it, like, added a bit of excitement. But I know, Bill, like, you're... you're um, a master's competitor yourself and I'm like that would you agree would you say that that's fair that there was more of a spotlight more of attention given to yeah, it yeah totally i think that um that we've been waiting to see what will happen as some of the quote-unquote names in crossfit that were in the open division kind of advance their way up into the master division mm. i mean we have you know andy sakamoto in there we have um uh uh becca void we have you know those on the women's side. I mean, there's a handful that have started to do that now. You guys, you have you know Dan Bailey's name is being thrown in there. James Hobart is thrown in there. So like the fact that those names are there, the fact that those athletes are in there competing, I think it lends itself to more of a broadcast because you, those are still names that people are like. Oh yeah, I know those guys, but they're. I, I will say this the. The broadcasters that were on the uh, the stream for the Masters this year, Joel and, and Tanya Wagner, dude, workhorses. Like dude. what you don't what you don't realize <laughs> with the Masters or even the the adaptive or the age group oh. divisions is that in the open side, okay, you could have four heats. Maybe you don't call the first two heats, but you call the second two heats. But when you go to these divisions. Like you usually either have either one or two heats of each one, and it's like okay, well we don't. There's really nowhere to not call. So what that ends up being is that you have to call the entire time. So they had live coverage of every heat all the way through from mm -hmm. the start of the day to the end of the day, and I, I mean I think it's great for the the age group and the in the adaptive divisions to have that because I think it's needed to showcase those athletes because it's important. Um, you know, we finally have some names. That's cool. We finally have, you know, uh, a live broadcast for them all the way through. That's cool. And, you know, I think it's going to eventually – I think what CrossFit saw is, yes, there is a need for that. Now how do we do that? Mm. Because you can't – you can't try to make that – those divisions um, – in the, in the broadcast and the coverage and taking care of those athletes and crush everyone that's working to get the, the, the stuff out, the camera people, the, the producers, the directors, the, you know, the, the, the play by play and the color. Like you can't just smash them for five days straight yeah. and expect them to give a good presentation of those athletes and, and, and represent them. So whether it, whether it ends up being, you know, the same way it was, or, you know, you, you hear about like, well, maybe we'll farm the masters out to another group and then let them kind of take care of it. I mean, that, I know that that's has been talked about, or there are people that are kind of fishing for that, you know? Um, but I think it was a great year for the masters division. That, that was a CrossFit is classic for, um, 
biting off a way bigger piece <laughs> than they can chew at one time, you know? And then they're like, okay, we're going to, I mean, the nice thing is that I think everyone realizes that they, they get the grace of, we know that these CrossFitters are out there trying to bite this big thing as hard as, you know, as, as, as big of a bite as they can. And so they might be messing some stuff up or they don't sound super excited because they've been on the air for, you know, 10 and a half hours straight, nonstop talking. But, uh, we know that they that they are doing it because they love the sport and they love the people and they love the, everything like that. So, um, I thought it was awesome. I mean, I actually I had a bunch of friends that were competing, um, athletes that I've had um, from either young ages or even old ages, and it was really fun to see all of that. And I, I will say this: I was glad that it wasn't at the same time because then I could watch the Masters and I could watch yeah. the Adaptive, and then I could watch the open on top of that so i think that was i like the i like that that they did it that way that, that was the biggest shift i think that was Huge. the biggest because like i was at the games uh in 2019 and that was the hardest part where i think the only event where i got the opportunity to watch both was when they were at the lake yeah and i stayed in the stadium and was able to watch the teens with the lake on the uh, screen yeah and like every other time was like okay am i gonna watch you gotta pick like uh, am i gonna go find out who the fuck this Dallin pepper guy <laughs> is or am i gonna watch you know like um so i yeah i think that that was that was major um is is so you mentioned there that it could be like uh outsourced um and i think masters the masters fitness collective put a like a pretty good show on this year. Is that something that you'd like to see then maybe? Uh, I mean, whether it's Masters Fitness Collective, I know that they've talked about uh, the Legends um, Championship that just went down. I mean, I know that those guys, I'll I say is I was down there with Sean and Annie covering for them. And I, I mean, if CrossFit wants a blueprint, I mean, yeah. they laid out yeah. a nice one for those Masters. That was the first time I've seen Masters athletes appreciate vocally repeatedly how much they loved everything that was getting done for them. And that, that was a really, really cool. So, um, whether it's two Irish podiums as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Totally. (laughs) Um, if they outsource it, I mean, and I don't know what that means to them. I don't know if it means have somebody else run it or if they run it off in another location. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of different, you know, ways to what that could mean as well. So, um, if they have, I, I will say this: you, you can't, you know, coming from a fire background, like you have to work within your scope. You can't do everything at one time. That's why you have other groups that handle this, and these people work on this side, and these people work on this side. And hey, is everything going over there? Okay, good. Not I'm doing everything at one time and trying to connect all the dots at one time. You just you run yourself thin, and then when that happens, something always becomes the lesser than. You obviously know who's important. You obviously know who isn't is important. And that, I think, is one of the – I mean, masters do a lot of complaining. I mean, we're old people. That's what we do sometimes. But, um, <laughs> you know, if if you feel like a sideshow, it's kind of hard to be fired up about it. You know, and, and I, I think that there's enough masters now, or at least a lot more masters athletes now with uh, that have some unreal ability – and it actually even now some names where it's like, okay, they don't need to be the sideshow. I mean, they're never yeah. going to be the, they're never going to take over the open and that, and the, you know, the open individuals and teams. That's okay. They don't have to, but they need to have a, a, uh, a, a team of people that are taking care of them. And their whole goal is to make them make their weekend, their competition, just as special as everybody else's. And I think that, I think the crossroads. I mean, like, 
Rose is a businessman and like he's also a masters like competitor and I assume he can see well my age group has the most disposable income and my age group uh, is like the most under tapped market probably in the CrossFit space because like you know students or teenagers or whatever that are competing like they haven't got two fucking pennies to rub together <laughs> yeah. like my age group are either like saving for a mortgage have a mortgage are starting a family have, like the, my time now it, like you know from mid-20s to mid-30s is where your attention is all over the place so then like it's it's the 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 non-elite we'll say like elite like you know the people who don't make it into the top one percent or half a percent or whatever are the people then who can be like, oh fuck! I could make, I could go for the masters, like, you know, for the games, and it's like, and now I've got all this disposable income at my fingertips because my mortgage is paid off, or because whatever, like you know, surely someone there can see, like, well, fuck, we need to give these guys some serious attention because they've they're sitting on a mattress stuffed with dollars. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and not not to say that they're just running around with bags of money, but the I think the the thing to look at is the largest segment. Of the open this year, registration was the Masters division. Right. Mm. I mean, if you this is the first time ever that the Masters division has been the largest segment of all entrants into the open competition, and I mean, okay, yeah, as you get older, people die off, but everyone's going into the <laughs> Masters division. Like you know, you can only be in the open division for so long, and then after that, what's really cool is from thirty-five years old. Masters is always there. Mm -hmm. So technically, if you turn 35, you have, what, 40 years of competitive time if you want it. If you're in the open division, you have – I mean, I'm talking about generally speaking, and I'm not talking like the, the, the outliers, but you have like one. eight years <laughs> or one. <laughs> I'm, I'm holding, like I'm holding up one yeah. finger. <laughs> <laughs> I had but, one. I mean, you like, I mean that, and that's it. So – you you can't deny what that what that is, and I think you're right. The fact that uh, I mean, Rose is a master's athlete, and Rose is a businessman. How could you not see that? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's just, that that's just pure numbers right there. And I'm not even a, I'm not even a very good businessman, and I see that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ditto. Um, retirements then were something that I think. I, I don't know, maybe I was naive, but I was kind of surprised by it. This is the first time that it's happened in my time following the sport where, like, what seemed like fucking everyone <laughs> was like, oh, uh, yeah, I'm also retiring. So, like, in the last, we'll say, 12 months, we've had, well, just over 12 months, we'd have, like, Fraser's call time, Hepner call time, like, Carrie Pierce, Holte, like, Scott Panchek, Sean Sweeney's probably the most recent. Like, yeah, just so many people and so many people with, like, huge legacies with like huge audiences huge careers like role models of all different kinds for different reasons and you know like d with different fan bases for different reasons like how like how do i handle this <laughs> how do i process all the all the people who have been competing when i've been following the sport suddenly going do you know what i'm out because like i feel like i should mourn some of them even though they're still alive i feel like i should be like this is really sad like i had a moment um i think it was last year where i kind of i remember turning to my wife being like i think uh i think tia might retire after the games like say this this game's mm. gone by and 
I swear I almost fucking cried. And like <laughs> nothing was even confirmed. And I was just like, I think Tia might retire. And then I, I don't know, is it did I just suddenly realise that Fraser had also retired and it just like all the emotions started coming in. And my wife was like, Yeah, this isn't a normal reaction to <laughs> that that thought coming into your head. But um like you guys have been around uh a while. Like is this an unusual year? Do you think for is it, like? Do you think it's because the athletes have a bigger platform and they they have more of an audience and more of a more of a following and stuff that these like that these like announcements are being made and that they're getting the traction that they are and you know you got stuff like Morning Chalk up and you know Cross would have their own um, the the oh fuck the triple oh, yeah, yeah like they the have their own uh, like <clears throat> yeah they have their own way of getting news out there do you think that that's kind of exacerbating the fact that like oh shit all these retirements are happening or do you think this is just par for the course for me i think um for the first time in say a decade athletes do not have to stay in the games to make money and you see a lot mm. of these athletes all the ones you've list, listed say for a couple have something that they've been working on that retirement can allow them to, to focus on full time. You know, like obviously Fraser's mm -hmm. doing everything there possibly is underneath the sun, but like pan check, it, it was, it was time. I he's like, he came a new dad, his body's falling apart, but he has his, um, some fitness app that he's been working on that he wants to focus on. And then he's got his brothers that he can coach like Pacelli's thinking more family, Holta, same thing. Um, and I think what you see from athletes and, and Bill, I'd love your opinion on this is that sometimes when you see, this isn't like if they jumped off a bridge, would you, but like sometimes you see a group of people that you've been with for a long time, all trending in the same direction that may have been in the back of your mind to, be, to begin with. You're like, okay, so this isn't a foreign thing to do to maybe step away and, and focus on something different. And in the, the fact that there is so many other outlets and media, um, as you said, is that, I think the biggest th fear for people is that if they retire, they disappear. And now, yeah. whether you have a business or another media platform, it's not going to happen. And so it's a, I think it's a bit easier to make that decision. Whereas most people are like, well, I don't want to leave the limelight of the CrossFit Games, so I'm just going to do this for as long as I can. But like now, it's like the CrossFit Games have built you a social media empire that you can now focus on more and actually – in the end could probably make you way more money and way more followers and, and attention than the CrossFit Games will. I think it's just a sign of the times. Mm. It's it's easier to do. Uh, I, I agree with that. I think the my point of view would, it would be that we have always had athletes that have retired. When Stacey Tovar retired, when – uh, when Chris, Chase Ingram. <laughs> when Chase Ingram retired, I still haven't officially uh, announced you know. it. <laughs> um, but I think back in the day, it no one, no one saw their CrossFit career as a career necessarily, so it wasn't hyped up. Even though a lot of those athletes still left, like they had to go somewhere, but it wasn't as big of a deal because the sport. I mean, even though we've been, you said that we've been covering you know the sport or whatever for eons yeah eons 13 what is it how many years has it been now 15 total 13, years 15 total years yeah. 15 total years so if you've been in that for half the time you've been in the sport for seven years ish yeah like it's a long time uh, like to if, if the athletes in the first seven years they retired we just it was it wasn't really a sport that you retired from there was nothing to retire from 
now, like Chase is saying, and I agree with this part, that now social media, you can do so many other things. And we, you know, with Catherine and Annie, you know, they have their book and they have these other yeah, things they're working into. They got their headphone things. You have, you know, Scott's working on his app. You have Jacob Hepner, who was like, I mean, I tell you what, I <laughs> that guy. That guy, when he went and did his whole YouTube thing, I was like, this guy is going to – he is going to blow up in this realm because he was really good at mm -hmm. it. I mean he was such a character yeah. on his YouTube that it was like that's what – that is that is what people do now. So now the – you know, you go from being these CrossFit athletes and showing some other stuff that you do and sliding into these other things rather than being like the Dan Marino that only sells – copper knee sleeves or whatever the only thing he can do now whatever he has left <laughs> Brett Favre, his Jill, retirement right. you know <laughs> or Brett Favre or whoever um but I think that I think that like now is a a it's kind of a perfect storm not that like I don't think people are getting out because they see others getting out I think that they now have the ability to think okay what can I have what can I do yeah. next maybe I meant like the confidence to leave yeah, no, I right. think so. I, like, I mean, oh, they're doing it, so I am too. It's like, okay, so yeah, I can like the, do the, this. The path has yeah. been pre-macheted, so you can yeah. just kind of follow rather than, yeah. But I think, like, I spoke to Sean Sweeney the other day, like, the episode came out the other day, but, like, that, like first of all, that guy's a fucking loose cannon. He was not <laughs> what I thought he was going to be like when I started talking to him. Like, I don't know what, I'm still not sure what I expected, but he's an actual hell, he rodeo stories. In, in a, with a microphone. Oh, like, <laughs> yep. A, a few times I asked him questions. I was like, oh, do you think that that happened because this? And his, the first words he replied on like three different occasions was, fuck no. And then he went <laughs> off on some story. Uh, but he was cool. But like, he was saying that, like, because he, like to my mind i suppose him and hepner were the two where i was like what yeah like what you're in your right. fucking prime yeah. like why like you probably just had your best year okay like sean you know had to withdraw but he felt mm. his best and hepner was i was like that was like what the <laughs> fuck are you doing well like in hindsight like you say he has these business opportunities and stuff and like sean was saying that like he was just fucking hemorrhaging money he was like it cost me so much money to compete because i had to go to all these places he was like yeah you get some money you know like from sponsors and stuff and you might get some stuff covered but he was like i, I can't like ask my wife like oh is it cool if i drop like 10 grand on this season or you know he was like a time comes where you just have to say like i'm not gonna win the fucking thing so i need to have some other interest so yeah i think they're they're good good points um I was curious then the the off season uh, events like we had I suppose Butcher's Classic was almost immediately after the games that kicked off the off season. It also kicked off Can Porter's fucking world tour after his demo team stint. <laughs> it seems to have been to every if he had a scratch map for this year alone, I think he'd have cleared it. Um, and then Rogue, like Chase, you were there. I'm assuming a lot more enjoyable than uh, the 2021, mm -hmm. although still a good event. At least this one was in person with all the bells and whistles and stuff. It was an incredible event. And then Dubai, like just last weekend, we had Sarah and uh, Ricky returning and uh, Kristen retiring and Sam Briggs and she can still do it. And Lazar Jukic is elbowing his way into, similar to yeah. Laura, like elbowing his way into conversations that he deserves to be in. Uh, Emma Lawson, I thought, was probably the standout for me anyway because it was kind of like, fuck, she's <laughs> so young. And like she really held her own. Um I was curious, like, 2022, so we we had Mayhem and Filthy were both uh, 
cancelled or postponed for for different reasons. I still don't really know what's going on with Mayhem, but it was cancelled anyway. Um, 2022 is kind of shaping up to follow in 2021's footsteps, it seems to be. Um, and I've been thinking about these off-season events and like Dubai and Wadapalooza and Rogue are getting like bigger and bigger and they're gaining like definitely warranted attention and respect and they're making a lot of noise and Rogue like changed the game totally with their prize money every year, but especially this year. And they've really upped the ante regarding like athletes treatment and, you know, covering like purses for staying there and traveling there and all that kind of stuff. Now, obviously Rogue is like massive (laughs) and it's, (laughs) you go to any gym in the world and you'll see something like a wall ball or a big fuck off (laughs) rig along the wall belongs to Rogue. But maybe maybe comparisons aren't entirely Mm -hmm. fair, but do you think that something might change there? Like, do you think that say next year, that or further down the line the crossfit might be feeling under pressure like of like fuck are we losing our grip here a little bit like are are these these events in the off season gonna become like you mentioned how the last chance qualifier oh would that be more exciting to watch than the games and it's like well fuck would rogue be more exciting to watch than the games when there's like a million dollars up for grabs for first place or whatever it's going to be like do you think that they might kind of like i'm assuming there has to be conversations there of should we make our own like official CrossFit off season that has some kind of, you know, benefit to do rather than letting Rogue and Waterpalooza and Dubai, because they they seem to be the three pillars in the off season mm-hmm. at the minute. So I'm curious, do you think that a time will come where CrossFit say, shit, we need to wrestle back a bit of power here. Like we need to make sure that we have a stake in the off season as well as from February to August. That's a great question. Um, I don't see CrossFit worrying about losing any power as far as the importance of the CrossFit Games because their sole focus is to find the fittest on earth, not create the biggest prize money season athlete experience in the world. They're just trying to prove that the training methodology can create just like fitness monsters, right? Um, I do think the CrossFit Games should take the best parts of some of these offseasons off-season events and implement that somehow along the way into their season. So for one thing is CrossFit um, Brass went to Wadapalooza. Bill, was that in 2017, 2016? It was before Madison, so I think it's 2016. Yeah. 16. Maybe it was 2017, that February before the game started. And they wanted to figure out how to make a better um, uh, fan experience. And they took what Wadapalooza did from the festival aspect and brought that to Madison the next year since they were moving cities. So they, they did that. And I think what they can do as well is look at the things that Rogue had the ability to do. You know, paying for flights and travel is a lot easier to do for 40 athletes than, say, 700 athletes. Um, but on the individual side, maybe. Why not take take some of the best things of all these events and see if you can do that to improve your season. Um, I think CrossFit loves or would love to or, or the games to support these off seasons events more formally to make sure there's still a unified tie between the off season and the in season. Um, but I don't know. That's a that's a good question. I don't I don't I don't really see them trying to wrestle power back. Um, to me, honestly, the bigger these events get in the off season, the better it is for the game season. 
Mm-hmm. I agree with that too because what the CrossFit Games has is, I mean, you got to look at how long that season is. You start in February, then you go into end of May, and whenever the quarterfinals are and semifinals, and then you get to the game. So, I mean, they have kind of locked up half the year. And whether the prize money is there or not, I, I mean, I think that, you know, we always talk about or you always hear about it every year. You know, the, the purse hasn't gone up at all. The prize money hasn't gone up at all. Or, you know, they now they pay the, the, the 10 and they they're the, the first five and then it was to the 10 and then whoever. Um, at the end of the day, what they have that not any of these other events can ever say is that you're a CrossFit Games champion. I mean, that's like it's like the Olympics. I mean, like no one's mm-hmm. going to out money or whatever the Olympics because I am still an Olympic champion, and that's something that will hold way more weight than I won a million dollars at the Dubai CrossFit Championship. It's like that's great, but I'm the CrossFit Games. Yeah, champion. or out prestige. Right? Yeah, I mean, I that and that's that's something that no one else could ever have, no matter how much money they have to it. That's not to say I don't think that it that there aren't abilities to raise some of the stakes on some of that stuff. I mean, but that, that's not, that, that can't be the main goal. The main goal in the off season is you have to have that stuff because you want to attract the best athletes of the world. And because you don't have the prestige of the fittest in the world, you're not going to have the highest prize purse in the world <laughs> to get all the best athletes to be there. Um, one thing, so it's, technically it's next year, but I still want to talk about it. <laughs> uh, so what a palooza! Did you see Morning Chaco put up the elite teams? Yeah, three I just saw that today. Yeah, fucking hell, dude! Uh, honestly, <laughs> sometimes the teams of three were more exciting than the individual competition. Like I was so excited when it came back, and when I because when I interviewed Ben Smith, he was like, oh. Like, you know, maybe. And then when it came back, I was like, holy shit, <laughs> like the Smith brothers are going to compete together. But then like, so like Noel, Noel, St. Travis Mayer, Chandler Smith, like Sam Stewart, Petey Savage, Michael Smith, the Smith brothers, Can Porter and Newbury and Crouch, like fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And the same on the female side, like just like looking at the names, it's like, holy fuck. <laughs> so I think that's, that's where, that's where that question came from. Cause it's kind of like. And I, I take your point, Chase, that like, you know, rising tides, like it's going to be great for the games. If the off season is good, it means that people are excited. And if people are making money, then they have more money to compete and take it more seriously and everything else. But like, when you see that list, you're like, holy fuck. And like, and it's going to be in Miami and it's going to be that party atmosphere or like, and it's going to be in Dubai or, and it's going to be like, you know, the invitational with all the fucking cowboy hats and all that shit like do you know like it, it is it, it just kind of ramps it up i think um yeah i don't know i kind of i, I i'm i'm not sure i kind of feel like something will happen something has to happen because i don't think maybe i'm wrong but i just don't think hq will be like yeah that's fine they can host yeah. their events we're not gonna like we're not gonna try and muscle in on that like that's fine i just kind of feel like they'll be like oh well you can do that and we're gonna do this and there'll be some there'll be some kind of answer but maybe i'm wrong i i, um, I, I really think that like that um one of the things that Wadapalooza has is by the athletes and this is kind of like by the athletes design is they take that event to have fun yeah 
And so you have athletes that are like, okay, I, I haven't gotten deep, deep, deep into my training or I've taken a little bit of time off or I, I want to be able to get that fire back in me. So you get around a lot of other good athletes, not, not in a I need to beat you to see where I am, but I need to line up next to you on your team. So that if you're going to go, well, shit, I'm going to go too, and here we go, and we're going to push each other just to kind of enjoy that competitive feel and see where everybody else is. And you're right. It is a um, – there's a party atmosphere to it for sure, but I think that that's one of the things that draws those athletes to that event is it's a high-end event without high-end pressure and high-end stakes. Hmm. So you get to have a really, really good time. And, and the other thing is this. I mean – you get all those names going team, and then it allows the athletes that are like, well, I'm not a, I'm not a big somebody yet, but I want to be, and I'm right there on the cusp, and now I'm doing the individual, and I don't have as many barriers in front to where I can get up there, and I can be like, okay, I'm racing for the front now. That's cool, because before I'd be racing for seventh and eighth. Now I'm racing for second, third, and fourth. I'm racing to get on the podium. Um, and I'm still shoulder to shoulder with some good name, some big name athletes. Um, you know, they don't all go into the team stuff, but um, you just don't have as deep of a field anymore because a lot of those athletes just want to have some fun. They want to go there and like, man, let's get us in. This, I want to swim and I want to be where it's warm and I want to throw some <laughs> weight around and I want to be able to like have some goofball name or I want to be able to high five some people when we're working out. So I, I, that's one of the things I love about Wadapalooza is there's a lot of athletes, a deep, deep, deep field um, of, of names, but it's in a different way than we see in any – like you don't see any of the other competitions have that, which I think is really cool. That's special to Wadapalooza. One of the most ridiculous things I saw about Wadapalooza was yesterday where I saw that uh, Guy was in the Orex division like fucking <laughs> two years ago. <laughs> I was just like, I like kind of scrolled past it and I was like, I clearly misread that. And I went back and read it again. I was like, nope, that's factually correct. That's <laughs> fucked up. That he, like, it's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> um, I was going to say, um, I was kind of going to go into all the off-season events one by one, but I think it might be uh, more uh, time economic <laughs> to ask you each to pick a highlight of the off season so far so if we take say uh butchers classic the invitation the rogue invitational and dubai like wadapalooza hasn't happened yet so you can i mean you can pretend <laughs> you to predict one if you want but it's probably less pressure to just pick one that has happened is there is there something that stands out like i'm thinking sarah's return like ricky's return i mentioned emma lawson and then in at rogue we had like countless incredible moments and you know like there's, there's been a lot i guess and a lot of because they're different events, there's a lot of different things to think about and different things to talk about. But has there been anything, Chase, if we start with you, has there been something that stood out as like, that's fucking cool? Okay, so this has nothing to do with the actual like events or competition. And I, I said it earlier, but the check-in at Rogue, I mean, I might be a little Texas biased since it was in Texas, but the check-in at Rogue where they just leaned into like Texas to the max where the athletes got fitted custom custom fitted for boots belt buckles bolo ties hats like and then the the way they treated the athletes like the whole rogue experience this year it was for me the absolute highlight for the off season um i thought that was super cool obviously i have a bit more of a endearing 
uh, position as far as that experience is concerned being in Texas myself. But I thought that was that was a really cool thing. And, and, and wearing a rolled <laughs> oh, yeah, T-shirt. That's true. Um, and while wearing a CrossFit Games noble hat. Like, yeah. <laughs> what other whorish things can I put? Like, oh, I'm wearing Reebok sweatpants. I'm just... <laughs> I'm wearing knee sleeves. <laughs> but uh, I thought that was really, really cool. And some of the things I love m- most about the off-season competitions is that they're allowed to do whatever they want and they really mm. do focus on the athlete experience more than just like what are we testing and this is all about the crossfit games and finding the single fittest man woman and team on the earth it's like hey we're just here to have a great time take care of our athletes and the overall experience so that was uh, that was a huge highlight for me hmm. what about you bill um i think honestly the uh, well, I, I would say two. My 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 two would be the Ricky Garrard thing, because we haven't had anybody that really got popped and was seen as the villain come back, and we haven't had anyone. I mean, probably really that was young enough to get nailed, go through the four year ban, <laughs> be able to come back and still be in the prime or resilient their, enough you know, too. The, I mean, there's a lot of people that I, try yeah. and quit. Yeah, so I, I I was really anxious to see what that would look like uh, from a competitive standpoint. Uh, the fan standpoint, I think, is interesting. It's kind of fun to watch because, I mean, we get really up on our high horse sometimes and be like, hell no, he should never even – he had four years, that's not enough, 50-year ban or whatever. Cut his head off. For, I mean, for, for whatever. And, and I – I, I mean, I am very against people that, that take that stuff and take take anything, mostly because I never did. And it's like, I'm like, well, I I should have taken that stuff, too. I would have been awesome and looked awesome and whatever. Um, but I, I want – I honestly, there's a, there's a cu- very curious part of me that wants to see, like, okay, we know you did it. Now, now can you do it? I want to see where you. I want to see him real. I want to see what he can really do because I was impressed when he was at the games, and I, I I loved his fight, and I loved his. I love when people are gunning for the champ. I've always loved to see that. I hate when people just you know, oh that's so and so, so I'm I'm going for second. <laughs> I hate that. So I really that was the first thing. Um, the second thing would be. Uh, I feel like I've really gotten to see kind of like the evolution of Laura Horvath and from when we first started seeing her in Dubai and doing really, really well and seeing how, you know, she was in the regionals before that, when, when the regionals still around, you know, second in the games as kind of a rookie and just smiling at everything. And then seeing what that looks like for a young athlete that has so much success and then runs into so much like just not, what you mean it doesn't always come that easy? Yeah, what do yeah. you mean? You know, and then having to really fight her way back. And so watching her fight her way back. Now, I, I think in the Dubai, you know, the, we know that she's got a kryptonite. And it's strict handstand push-ups. And I was bummed that that didn't get tested to see where she was because she looked amazing yes. throughout the competition, which was awesome. I mean, she looked amazing. Um but I really want her to have that shored up so that she is amazing. I mean, you know, we, we talked about how with the games, she kind of didn't get talked about all that much because of Annie's thing and because of Tia's thing. And um, I want her to 
I want her to slam the door closed on all the questions on is she good or not? Um, or is it just oh well it was it's because it was a salt bike so that's why she's good at it you know it's, or, or or whatever and I I, I want to see I want to see her be able to answer those questions um, so that for me that's been the obviously like kind of seeing her come back um, mm. through that um, and then the Ricky thing yeah for sure yeah the Ricky thing is interesting because it's made me think what did I say when I talked to people about it because I've seen a lot of people who I'm like. I'm pretty sure you fucking slayed at him, like, very publicly. And now you're like, oh, look who's back. <laughs> Yay. And I'm kind of like, mm, I, did you not say some really yeah. harsh things? Yeah. You know, and now I'm kind of like, fuck, what did I say? Like, did I say anything bad? And, like, I think I tried to be quite, like, you know, I was, say, empathetic towards Valner when I spoke to him being like, it must be shit. Is it shit? Like, you know, um, the two times I spoke to him, I suppose, about originally missing out on the podium because of him and then all the hype that's coming up because he's coming back like you know i've kind of been i suppose i flip-flopped internally over like oh fuck him he fucked up like fuck him and then being like well i fucked up a few times (laughs) i mean never on that scale and never with like that much of a spotlight on me but i have fucked up i think i kind of flip-flopped between those two things and you know, I kind of landed on the thing of like, if I went to prison and got out and everyone treated me like a criminal still, I'd feel pretty hard done by. So, I mean, it's you kind of it's like double jeopardy. You can't be punished twice for the same thing. So, so it's well, totally. Like, but I bet, I mean, at, at the time, no, fuck him because he fucked up. Yeah. Like, OK, but the, the he he did what he needed to do after that. And it is, you know, he's being tested and everything. Then it's like, OK, come on back out. Let's see what happens. Mm. I mean, like, I'm, I'm all, I'm all for that. I mean, I, I, this is not about like, is he a nice guy? Or is he not a nice guy? Is he a good guy? Is he not a good guy? Like, I, personally, I don't care. I mean, I hope he's a nice guy. I mean, every time I talk to him, we've always had great, fine conversations. So, I mean, that's been fine. But, like, that, that's what I have always loved about, and this is where I get into the whole purest thing about sport is, the answer comes out on the field. As long as you, mm. as long as everyone's clean, the answer will come out on the field. He will either be the best or the worst. He will either win or he won't do or he won't do well. Whatever, and then there's the answer. Done. <laughs> it's like there's there's nothing to stress or or to even have a conversation about. It's like it either is or it isn't, and that's that's why I'm like for me I'm like well put him out there then. Like everyone's so pissed about the Dubai thing and how dare CrossFit do that. I'm like, what are you talking about? Who cares? Like put him back out there. I mean, why not? Yeah, I think it's interesting as well though that there was okay there's always going to be people who are like fuck that guy and you know like just did like if he decided not to come back there'd be the same people would be giving out that he's not coming back so i think you know there's, there's just always going to be people who totally. f- for one reason or another are just have a fucking wasp up their ass <laughs> and they want to like bitch about something but i thought there was i felt there was a big public shift and i'd include myself in this where like like i said i wasn't like kill him or anything but like I think when I heard the interview that you did with him, Chase, I was like, oh, fuck, I actually feel sorry for him. <laughs> like where, you know, he was talking about like he'd see someone in nanos and be thinking like, oh, they must think I'm a fucking yeah. asshole. And like, you know, that that kind of stuff you don't think about. And he talked about the documentary and stuff. And like, you know, at the like, it is very easy to dehumanize someone and be like, you know, he's like, oh, there's fucking Gaston. Like he's <laughs> Gaston. the villain and, you know, like whatever. <laughs> but like, I think... um the the interview you did with him really kind of hu- rehumanized him and showed like you know 
um, he's probably not someone I would describe as like charismatic mm-hmm. in a traditional sense of like in an open conversation. He kind of doesn't come across as warm and he doesn't, he's just not confident in that arena, I guess, which is, I suppose, luckily, like Bill says, what, where it matters is what he is good at and what he is good at is fucking destroying himself on a field or whatever um so yeah i think that's an exciting thing to look forward to and uh, like other things for 2022 then i was curious of your predictions so we kind of i suppose skirted over the games um somewhat because there's just so much (laughs) fucking stuff to talk about um are you expecting justin to win again or do you think that there's someone else that we haven't Mm. spoken about or do you think that it's Vellner's time or Fikowski's going to uh, put the final few pieces together or like, do you think Tia is just going to win again or is there, is there something else that might happen? What, what, are, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, Justin is only trending up and I feel like he's trending up exponentially. And I feel like the Vellner's and Fikowski's that are capable of, and I think both could have given different circumstances. Like Fikowski was hurt. He got hurt. Um, did he get hurt on the sprint? And he still gets third. Vellner shit all mm. over himself during event number one, and he lost <laughs> 70 points because of it, which was the difference between him and a first-place finish. Um, My favorite thing about that Vellner thing was I interviewed him like shortly before the games, and he was like... Uh, you know, like people have this thing of me that I always fuck up on the first day. It's not true. <laughs> and he gave me this list. He gave me this list of times that it doesn't happen. And then it was like, oh, yeah. it, this Oops. this is happening again, yeah. isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think uh, I think that the 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 next main competitor uh, on the male side for games contention is going to be Guy. I think he's going to be. I see him winning within the next four years. I mean, him at Mayhem now, uh, that's... If you're like, hey, is he going to work on his weaknesses? The fact that he went there and is actually going there, not just, like, joining their online program, Mm -hmm. which annoys the shit in me that says, oh, they're going Mayhem. Like, they're just doing online programming. They're not getting coached by Rich. But the fact that he's going to be there, I think, is is the best move that guy could have made um, in this offseason. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what Guy does in the next three or four years. Yeah, I think Lazar as well. Mm. I think he has, he's he's probably the big, uh, the big next big European name. I think, um, and then on the female side, I reckon Laura or her potential future sister-in-law. <laughs> um, I think Gabby, Gabby's showing her her metal a lot. Um, what do you think, Bill? Then are you are you expecting Justin and Tia to walk? Well, not walk it, but to stand on top of the podium again this year? Uh, for Tia, yeah, as sure. of right now, like watching the Rogue thing. The weird thing she didn't train. She didn't train CrossFit. <laughs> she won. I, I'm telling it's you, crazy. Man, like she's so good. I, I don't see anyone remotely in her sphere right now. Like not even mm-hmm. close. And that's not to say that the other athletes aren't good. Like Laura and Gabby and all those guys aren't amazing athletes. But the thing that she can do is she. It's almost like she has her own set of tests on the workouts that everyone else is doing. Like they're racing, and she's like. Well, let me see. If I just like go really slow and I put myself in sixth place, I wonder if I can pass him on the last round. <laughs> and then this does. You know what I mean? Like that kind mm. of weird stuff. Like I, I'm not to say she isn't working, but it, that's what the apparent – that's what it looks like. I, I, I don't see anyone even touching her. No way. Um, on, Do you on, think this could be her last year? Uh, I, I will 
Uh, part of me wants to say yes, and the reason I say that is because I think she wants to get six just to piss Matt off. Which I love. Um, I love that. Uh, and then the other thing is I see her dabbling in some other stuff, like, you know, the bobsledding stuff and um, – not I mean, you you mentioned you mentioned people working on stuff in the back. I mean, Proven has fucking exploded totally I think, more than they ever thought it would. So she's got her her nest egg is ready right. and waiting, I guess. Yeah. So I mean, what's the difference between six and seven? Well, you know, wins <laughs> nothing until someone gets six. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and she's got six years before that happens. So. I, I don't know. I, I could see this being her last year, um, which would be well-deserved if that was the case. On the men's side, um, yeah, I, I – dude, Justin looked amazing at Rogue. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. get, he looked better at Rogue than he did at the yes. games. And that's – ah, if you're looking better that time of the season, I don't see anybody touching you. I, I just – I don't see it. Um I think Gee's a great name to throw into the mix, but I think he's still too young for that. He's got himself up into the mix for sure. But even like you're, even like what you're talking about, the the trajectory he had from uh, when he was at Wadapalooza, from the you know being in the RX division to to moving up finally over the course of a couple of years, and so. I think he still needs to shore a couple things up. Obviously, he's got the lifting part down. You know, he's got that part. And, you know, no, no worries there. Um, the some of the other, you know, big name athletes like Pat. I don't want to say that they don't have a shot. I, I do feel like they are plateauing at their ability right now. Not to say that they're getting worse. Um, I, I mean, I'll be the last. I'm the last person that would say to any athlete, well, you're getting older, so you're probably <laughs> time to like, I'm, I'm, I'm by far that's, I'm not that guy, but, um, it's very hard to compete if you aren't winning everything. And then you are plateauing. Whereas other athletes are still on that upward, um, you know, path, that trajectory, like, like, like Justin is, he's just so good right now. And the weird thing is like, when you listen to him talk, he doesn't even. I don't think he knows how good mm. he is right now. He's just a. He's just a. And I keep. And and I. There's going to be a point where I can't say this <laughs> about him anymore. Where he's not the puppy dog. that's just there playing and having a good old time. It's like what? When I hurt, we're just doing stuff. This is awesome. We're doing stuff and we're winning and running up that hill and lifting these weights. This is awesome. It's like he doesn't even know what is actually happening yet. <laughs> um, and he's just and he's just crushing shit. It's it's amazing. Mm. It's cool. So I don't. I, I um, see a repeat myself. Yeah, I think my. I reckon T is going to retire after this year, and I think don't that start <laughs> don't start crying. I'm, I'm I I'm being held together with fucking masking tape. Um, I think uh, I think she'll win. I think she'll retire. I think second and third will be. Uh, Laura mm. and Gabby in some mix I'm not sure which is which but one will be one and one will be two and one will be three and then I think on the men's side my best case scenario although I don't want either of them to retire really but I'd love to see a repeat of last year's podium with Justin in first because I think he's going to win it and then some mix of Pat and Brent and then both of them to just like hold hands walking <laughs> off in the sunset on, on Mooseback. On Mooseback. <laughs> or whatever. Um, uh. Yeah, I think I, I love the two of them and I'd, I'd, lo- I'd just love to see them go out on a high. I'd hate to see them go out on a like 
oh, you finished 12th yeah. and you're done. I'd love to see them go out on a high. I think I just think they're they've been great for the sport and they're cool guys. Um, what about then? So one of the uh, this is the last thing then. Um, Castro put out recently that he's not doing games announcements or open announcements anymore. Um, that yeah. last year was his last one. Or um, and I was curious. Do you think that is that step one of stepping away, or is that just like he doesn't enjoy it that much? Do you mean stepping away, like phasing out of games I'm, and oh. yeah, like I, I like pass pass? No, the I don't think he'll. Pass, pass in the whiteboard marker <laughs> to, so, to someone write, who can actually yeah. fucking write with it. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think um, for Dave, the announcements had been fun. And, you know, he said before, is like he wanted to go out on his own terms, and he is. But I don't, I honestly don't see Dave stepping out of his role. And I hope he doesn't. I think he's mm. perfect <laughs> for. What he does. Well, there's an element of be- better the devil you know yeah, as well. So, because like a lot of people are like, oh, it's fucking shit, or you know, like they just like kind of same people just look yeah. fucking hate him. But like you know, whoever steps in is gonna be like, oh, this isn't what it was like yeah. last time. Whoever you know, they like, get, like if say Dave totally like steps out and someone steps in, they're like, fuck this guy, bring back Dave. I'm like, you just said. <laughs> you just hated Dave, <laughs> but like that's the nature of things. So I, I don't want yeah. him to step away. I love his open announcements and what he brings to that. I think that's a very um, maybe it's a nostalgic part of the open for me. But I'm a big fan of the, the pausing and the chicken scratch and the the drama that he adds to it. So yeah, it'll be sad. He's to see he's, he's kind of like. Um... He's kind of like licking a battery, <laughs> I think. Where, yes. like, you know, you do it. You know you know what's like, oh, this isn't going to be pleasant, but you do it. And then, like, five seconds later, you do it again, even I've though you know it was just hard. I haven't done that never since done I was before. I don't seven. Know what you're talking when was about? the last time you did that? <laughs> it's like, you know, you do it. You're you like, don't need, mm. Bill, you never do done it again immediately. Oh, I did. I totally okay. done oh, yeah. that. Are you me? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, I was actually going to be shocked that you have never done that. I'm like, I'm going to question my friendship with you. The, the fact that you've never done that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was just the funniest, like, comparison I've heard. But that is. It's like that or touching time. an electric fence. Like, fuck. You're like, all right, hey, hold my hand. See if you feel it, too. <laughs> hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like that was so bad. It's like, or was it? Maybe now I should, I should, check should it try again. to pee on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, listen. Thanks uh, for coming back on. I really Anytime, appreciate man. it. Um, I appreciate you taking the time out. Uh, it's been great chatting to you again. Um, thanks for all you're doing for the sport as well, and for for us people that are fans of it and watching it and everything. I think it's great having two recognizable voices and so like prominently involved in stuff and i like i'm always curious as well like it must be fucking hard like it must be hard to host say get with the programming and to talk about the rogue invitational or the games or whatever while also not wanting to get fired <laughs> from talking <laughs> for the games or for the role invitational. Like there's an element of like flying too close to the sun where it's kind of like, you know, like are you ever, this is the last question I promise, but are you ever worried about, um, you know, talking about something and then being like, oh, fuck, what if like Justin Berg hears that yeah. I said that about and that he's in charge of it? Like is, is there an element of... um 
I don't know, like, uh, is there a fear of either saying something wrong or going the opposite way and vil- vanillicizing yourself <laughs> so much that you say nothing? I'm more worried about being vanilla than I am about being too critical. Um, yeah. But that is part of it. I think uh, we've all experienced that in some shape or form. Um, you know, Bill's one of them. I know Sean and Tommy have their own things that we've all had our slap on the wrist for certain things for certain reasons. But the one thing, and this goes just kind of for everything, is like I will always be honest with my opinion of things. I'll always take a stance on something, and but I'll always have a reason behind it. I won't just be like, fuck that guy because fuck that guy. It's like... <laughs> and I usually say that to be that aggressive. So it is tough. It's uh, it's something that I do think about consciously. And I feel like the best way around it is just being honest with our opinion and having reasons to back up that opinion, whether they're right or wrong. It's never from a position of like maliciousness or malintent. Um, and that's just the nature of things, right? Not everybody's going to agree about everything and not everyone's going to be right about anything, but I will have an opinion. And other than that, I guess I just kind of hope <laughs> that, that I don't get in trouble <laughs> for it. So it's, it rarely been the case where I have been tight lipped about something for fear of, um, retaliation. And, mm. and I think that, you know, we, even on our show, if we're talking about programming, um, and we'll get because we'll get all nerded into the weeds about what it should be or what we would have done or whatever. Um, even like you know the all the stuff that we all the comments we made about the quarterfinals, the what we would always say is, I mean, and I, I think for the most part, people know that we are we're CrossFit through and through. We own affiliates. We're coaches. We we love to talk about it. We love to compete in it. We love to be around it. Talking about CrossFit is not something that is difficult for us to do because, not because it's a job, but because we, to our core, love every single thing yes. about it. Um, with that being said, it's kind of like when you have your family. Like I love my family, but yeah, I'll talk shit about my family every once in a while, you know, because like, well, that was just dumb. I don't know why they did that. It was just stupid that they did whatever. Um, but there is zero like ill intent or, um, thinking that it's, you know, dumb just to say that it's dumb or whatever. Like there's a reason. And even when we say whatever, like we we will say, we, we said this a lot during the quarterfinals is the comments that we're making are not because we think CrossFit fucked up or that there is something wrong with CrossFit. We just think that this was a bad there – there were other ways to do it. This wasn't the right way. And we don't want our people to not like CrossFit because who are the ones that are constantly talking up CrossFit? We are. We're, we are in our affiliate. We are when we're out in the public. We are when we're on the air. So we constantly talk it up. And if something goes down, we're the ones that talk to everyone about it. And that's okay. We'll take that because I love to talk about CrossFit, and I will back up CrossFit all the time. And if – we or someone else comes to us about nine thousand GHDs. It'll be like, yeah, that wasn't the best pros. That's Bad why call. I said. That's why I said. Like, I can <laughs> lean into. <laughs> I can lean into. Well, that was the first one. All right, so. Eh. I'll give him a little grace on this one. I think it was bad, but mm-hmm. I mean, whatever. Everybody still did it. I, I don't. Re- I don't recall any deaths due to rhabdo. Uh, no, but I got. Theory. We knew a lot of people. <laughs> so. or not a lot, but a few people that got them. I like what you put about the family thing. So. Like. 
you know, you have brothers, I have brothers. Well, no, I was, I was, I was just going to talk about that. Uh, now all I'm picturing is you guys turning up at like Games Week, walking into a room, and Justin Berg is sitting there, and he just says, "So I was talking to such and such, and apparently you said uh, this behind my back. Is that true?" And you'd be like, "Oh ah, no, no, that's." <laughs> I, I'm just gonna go and lick some D batteries and I'll be back in 20 minutes. And we can talk about this properly. Oh man! Um, no, listen, guys, I really appreciate you taking the time out. Um, enjoy the rest of the festive season, and um, yeah, best luck with 2022. And sure, we'll we'll all meet back. Heck here this yeah, time man! Next year. You as well. Awesome. Thank you for everything Happy that you holiday. do too.